السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على ملا نبي بعده أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال تبارك وتعالى شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدى للناس وبينات من الهدى والفرقان فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليصم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من صام رمضان إيمانا واحتسابا وفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin My most beloved Ulamai Karam Hufaz, brothers, those listening over the receivers All praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who is our creator, our nourisher, our sustainer, our provider Whom we are totally dependent on Peace and salutations be upon our beloved master Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Today is the first of Ramadan and we are indeed fortunate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us life. We are present. We are currently witnessing and experiencing this very momentous and very auspicious time of the year. The ulama used to wait very eagerly, well in advance. When one Ramadan finished, they used to wait eagerly for another Ramadan to commence. And the Prophet sallallahu always heard this dua that when Rajab started, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab. وَشَعْبَانَ وَبَلِّغْنَا رَمَضَانَ Oh Allah, bless us in the month of Rajab, bless us in the month of Sha'ban, and allow us to see the month of Ramadan, and hear this magnificent, great, significant, important event has reached us, and very importantly, we are present, we are alive, we are here. Now the question is, what are we going to do? We prepare in advance, alhamdulillah, now it's here, the, the event is underway. It's currently, we are experiencing it. What are we going to do? What are we doing? So today, I'm not going to go too much into explaining about the, uh, talking too much about the fadail and the virtues of fasting, which I'm sure the ulama over the past few weeks have already mentioned a lot about. But just a quick reference where the Prophet ﷺ, before the month of Ramadan commenced, Salman al-Farsi narrates a beautiful hadith where the Prophet said that a very, very important شَهْرٌ عَظِيمٌ A very great and important month has come upon you. شَهْرٌ مُبَارَكٌ A very blessed month. شَهْرًا جَعَلُ اللَّهُ فِي لَيْلَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٌ That in this month there is a night which is better than a thousand months. شَهْرٌ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ سِيَامَهُ فَرِيضَةً وَقِيَامَ لَيْلَتِهِ تَطَوْعًا That we're going to be performing our taraweeh salah and we're fasting during the day, obligatory fasting, pull off our deen, the taraweeh salah at night. And like that he goes on explaining the various virtues of the month of Ramadan. Prophet Wasallam has mentioned a person who will fast in Ramadan with two qualities, keeping in mind two qualities, that is imanan, with strong faith, and ihtisaban. Ihtisab is having hope and expecting the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
then ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhambi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all his sins but what I want to focus on today is a lot on the spirit of fasting and the spirit of the tarawih salah now before I go on explaining and I'm trying to unpack that maybe through the use of some examples to understand this concept when you talk about the spirit of something what do we refer to it's like the heart of something so if you look at the example of a car right the car has a body right so if a person got a nice ferrari or a bmw or a mercedes the body if it looks nice but the body of the of the car is actually not going to be of any use if it doesn't have a good solid engine and there's petrol in that car to drive that car so one is the body and the other is the engine the more important thing we can't see that the body is not important we need the body of the car but perhaps the more important thing and maybe the more expensive part of the vehicle is the engine it drives the whole car if i use another example is if you see that there is uh, one is what in arabic they use the term a surat a picture of something or a drawing of something and the other is what they call a haqiqat of something the reality of something so to illustrate this they give the example of a lion if a person has to draw a lion a picture of a lion then that is the surah of the lion that is the physical uh, the, 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 sorry that is the drawing that is a picture we can see we can admire that is the surah of it but there is a haqiqat there is a reality a real lion and the impact and the effect of both is different we're not saying that the picture is not beautiful it's not important it's nice but the impact is more found and can be understood when a real lion comes now if i put a picture of a lion here everybody will sit nobody will move they'll admire and look at the picture and the drawing but if a real lion comes nobody will be sitting here they'll be gone run away so the impact and the effect in the actual real action is different so that is called haqiqat one is the surah the other is the haqiqat another example the ulama give they say that if you have to go is a simple is a story that goes through it that there was this villager that came to the town now in his village for them to get water was a huge mission they had to go down to the river carry this bucket on their head go and fetch the bucket walk up the hill come and that bucket was going to be used that water from that bucket for washing their clothes and the dishes and for cooking and for everything and they were very very careful about so very strenuous is a very difficult exercise just to have water so what happened was this villager once he came to visit his friend in the city and in the city he goes to his friend's house and when his friend wanted water all he did was he opened the tap now he's fascinated how and for us to have water was such a long story and difficult mission for this person he just opens the tap and there there's water so he asks his friend where does the water come from see this tap so he goes to the hardware he says buy one tap and he goes back to his village and now he tells all the people his family tomorrow no need for you to go down to the river work very hard to get some water i will provide i got a special device some magic trick i can do and all of your people's water needs will be taken care of so he puts the tap into the wall and ceremony everybody is lined up with their buckets there because they're going to get water from this tap 
Lo and behold, when he opens the tap, turns it, turns it, turns it, nothing is coming out. He thought, now maybe this thing is faulty. The people are very upset with him. They're all waiting for the water. They see nothing is coming out from the step. So then he takes the tap back to the town and he goes back to the, his friend. He says, oh, that same tap that you have, the same tap I bought. Why the tap that I bought got no effect? There's no water coming out. But the tap that you got, then he explained to him that this is not the tap that is providing water. That there is a magnet, there is a huge pipe that is being, there's a whole system operating. There's a pipeline that is running behind the tap that is then linked to the dam or maybe to a reservoir. And from there, there's a whole water works that goes through. So this tap that he saw is the outward, is the surat. There's a whole hakikat. There's a whole reality that goes on behind the taps, the water system. And the same, you can use the example of the electricity that we see. You see, we see this fan that is turning here and the light that is coming on or this mic that I'm talking with. It's just the form. If I give you a mic, it won't work. It has to be connected to the amplifier and there is a whole electrical system that has to be operating that comes from ESCOM, etc. So there's a system. So that's the surah. But the hakikat is something else. In a very, very similar manner. Fasting, or if I, before I go to that, is the human body as well. We have a, a, a surah, a physical form. Right? So we made up, we have hands, we have head, we have body, we have legs, we have skin. But that body, no matter how much people love you, when something comes out of that body, that body is taken and put straight into the grave. Even your wife or husband or the close dearest one, even if you're a wali or if you, doesn't matter, poor, rich, doesn't matter how much of palaces you own or gold you have, soon as that something comes out of the body, that same body is taken and put into the ground. If it stays on the surface of this earth, it's going to start smelling. So that is the surat, the body that we have. But the more important thing is what we call the ruh, the spirit, the hakikat. The reality of the body. So now I give you the example of the water tap. I give you the example of the lion. I give you the example of the body. To illustrate, to first just have an understanding. When we talk about fasting in the month of Ramadan, yes, we're not going to eat. From this morning, we all were the clocks. We know, saying finish stuff at 4.40 or whatever, something like that. We stopped eating from that time till now. Nobody eat. Nobody had even a muscle of food. You never drink. You never engage in any relationships with your uh, spouse. And this is going to continue right till Maghrib time. And the Muazin is going to call out the Adhan. Only at that time you're going to eat. And it's not going to be happening only for today. Today is only day one. You're going to be doing the same exercise, not eating from Subhasadik right till sunset. For the next 30 days, 29 days, depending on when the moon is decided, 29 to 30 days, 12, 13, 14 hours of not eating. That is the surah. We are doing something, abstaining from eating and drinking and relationships. But what is the hakikat? What is the spirit? What is the purpose of this whole exercise we are going through? That is a very, very important question we need to ask ourselves. 
And we have to make an effort to achieve the true spirit and the haqiqat and the purpose of fasting. Otherwise, the Prophet ﷺ said, رُبَّ صَائِمٍ لَيْسَ لَهُ مِنْ صُيَامِهِ إِلَّا الْجُوءِ Many people are fasting. Many, many people are fasting. What they achieved? Jew. Hunger. They stayed hungry. They went through a hunger exercise. From morning till evening, you just stayed hungry. That's about it. 30 days you went through the exercise without getting the true objective and the spirit and the purpose behind fasting. And that is a question we need to keep reminding ourselves. Why am I fasting? That is why the Prophet ﷺ also mentions, he says, مَن لَمْ يَدَعْ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ أَنْ يَدَعْ تَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ That that person when he is fasting, he doesn't leave out speaking lies or vulgar talk or immoral talks. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no need for him to leave out his food and his drink. So it's telling us that there is some special spirit behind this fasting that we need to work very hard to achieve in our lives. And that is why it's summarized as taqwa. This objective and the spirit that we need to get is taqwa. It is not a word. It's not something physical. Like that ruh in a body. You can't see it. You can't take it out and show it. This is what ruh. It is a maybe like an intangible something you can't see. So this taqwa also is something that we cannot see. Maybe you can see somebody is not eating or is eating, not drinking or drinking. You can see those things. Maybe that's like the... If a person abstains from eating and drinking, then haqiqat is absorbed with obligation. But now the spirit of the fasting and this, this taqwa that we're trying to get, you can't see it. It is a transformation that needs to come from within our hearts and our lives. And this Ramadan, that's what we need to strive to get, is this transformation, is that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the fast. So now how am I going to get there by not eating and drinking? How am I going to get this taqwa and this transformation in my life and connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by not eating and drinking? What is the connection and the relationship between the two? So it's a training exercise we are going to. It's a training exercise. Usually we are allowed to eat. Usually we are allowed to drink. And there's no restriction. But now in Ramadan, it's a training exercise. Now you don't eat. Don't drink. Even though nobody is watching you. You can be at home, at, alone at home. The rooms are, doors are closed. Nobody is there. You're home alone. Still you will not go and eat. The training exercise. Because my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching. This is the spirit. This is the ruh of the fasting that, that we need to bring and make it become the color of our lives. It needs to change our whole dimension. And it's not something that must only be applicable to our fast. That's what we're talking about. The spirit of fasting has to come and permeate every dimension of our life. Because if you are fasting and you say, right, I'm not eating, I'm not drinking from, from sunrise to sunset, and you say your fast, your obligation is done. But at the same time, you are not careful with regards to how you're speaking, you are vulgar and rude, you're oppressing people, or your dealings are not rectified, you're cheating people in your business dealings, or you're abusing your spouse, your relationship with your partners, something is wrong there. Or the way that you came to the masjid 
and how you park your vehicle, you're causing taklif to people, then the spirit of the fasting has not permeated that. You stayed away from eating and drinking. This whole thing must come and govern every aspect of your life. Every dimension of your life must be impacted through that fast. Because this quality, this sifa, the spirit and the ruh of the fasting has now come into my life. It has now affected the way that I even think, what I look at, what I listen to, how I deal and transact, my mu'amalat, my dealings, my mu'asharat, my akhlaq, my character must be governed by that same thing. How I speak to this, my parents, the respect. It is because of this training exercise that I achieved through my fasting now, it impacted even the way that now I speak to my elders. If I wasn't taking care of my old parents because of the fasting, it brought a transformation and the spirit of fasting has come into my life. So that is a very, very crucial an important part. I'm not going to go into too much more detail, but I hope, inshallah, that this message of the spirit of fasting will we make an earnest effort to imbibe that, to make it, you know, it must permeate the fibers of our lives. And that's how we will fast today and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives. Otherwise, we're going through this exercise every year and year in and year out, but this objective and the spirit of fasting is not going to be achieved. Similarly, Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ قَامَ رَمَضَانْ إِمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا A person who will make qiyam. And ulama explained this qiyam has been salat al-taraweeh. We can't perform taraweeh salah any other time of the year. Last night was the first taraweeh salah. Alhamdulillah, we all performed 20 rakats. 20 rakats of taraweeh salah. And what we did for one hour, one hour, 15 minutes, we stood up, we read Surah Fatiha, and the Alim or the Hafiz was reading, he started from Alif, Lam, Mim, and he completed the entire Jews, one and a quarter Jews, some places we had two Jews, two, three Jews. Yes, we went through that exercise, but have we achieved the objective and the spirit of the Salah? When we said Allahu Akbar 20 times, only in the Takbir al-Tahrima, what about the time when we went into Ruku? What other time is Allahu Akbar? When we in the sajda, Allahu Akbar. When you woke up sajda, Allahu Akbar. Allah. How many times did you see Allahu Akbar in one rakat? That Allahu Akbar was a verbal exclamation was that we said it and we heard it. But did the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come into our lives? And if you're not going to think about it, the spirit of salah, the ruh of salah, that has to come into our lives. It's not an exercise going up and down. I just did a quick count in, in, in a day. If we're only performing our Faraz Salahs and our Sunnah Mu'akkadah Salahs, and we start from Fajr till Isha, right? 35 rakats. Count Fajr, two Sunnah, two Fard, four rakats. Zohar, four Sunnah Mu'akkadah, four Fards, and another two after this, 10. 10 plus 4, 14. Mar Asar, 4, 18. Maghrib got 3 and 2, that's another 5. 18 plus 5, 23. Isha got 4 fars, four, uh, 3 witr and 2 sunnah. Add all 35 rakats. Add your taraweeh. Another 20 rakats. Maybe some of us are reading awabim, some of us are reading tahajjud, some reading salatul duha, adding ghayr muakkada, nawafil. Chalo, minimum. 55 rakats in a day in Ramadan we are reading. 
So 55 rakats means you recited Surah Fatiha 55 times. So is it just reading Surah Fatiha and getting over and done without have the impact and the spirit and the ruh of Surah Fatiha doesn't come into our life, then we get sawab inshallah. But the true objective, I give you the example, the objective, the purpose, the spirit of it has to come. 55 times within Surah Fatiha, one day of Ramadan. But we don't know what Surah Fatiha means when we say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. What are we saying? You're praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hamidani Abdi. You're communicating with Allah. And if you just read anyhow, how can you have a communication that way with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's supposed to be done with love, slowly, with concentration and understanding. My Lord is saying that my slave has praised me. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Majjadani, whatever. It's a communication. Look at the hadith the Prophet What is when he sings Surah Fatiha? What is a conversation we're having with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our beloved, our creator? And we just sing it anyhow, just to get over and done with. If you look at it, 55 rakats in a day, in each rakat, you got two sajdas. So minimum 110 times in each day, you are going down into sajda. Allahu Akbar, you put your head on the ground. Is it this thing up and down, back to down, and no outcome, no objective, no spirit, no difference in our lives? Then, actually the true purpose of performing the salah, you're not achieving it. 110 times, we went up and down, if you did all your sunnats, and further your tarawih salah. أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ الْعَبْدُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَسَاجِدُونَ So next time we read in Surah Fatiha, we need to change and prepare our mindset that the Salah that I'm reading, there is a spirit behind it. There is a nur behind it. And the spirit and nur has to come into my life. Now when the Mulana or the Hafiz is reading Quran, Quran we are reading it just to get over and done. I make khatam of Quran, khalas. Quran is not a book just to get over and done with. There's a message behind the Quran. We have to love Quran. We read Quran. Propagate the message of Quran. There's so much of hukuk attached to Quran. And when we get into sajda, over a hundred times each time, Oh Allah, you are the most lofty. I am low. I am the, the closest position. The lower I go, the greater I come in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Up the closer closest a person is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is when and when he's in sajda. Aqrab ma abdu ilallah wa huwa sajin. Now when I'm going to sajda, man tawada alillah rafa'ahullah. Oh Allah, I'm humbling myself, my head, my nose, my palms, my knees are on the ground. I can't go any more lower. Touching the ground. And when the person lowers himself in the and Rafa'ahullah, then he comes high in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how we're making sajda, how we're supposed to be thinking and reflecting. And therefore, when you go into sajda, what we sing, Subhana Rabbi al-A'la, Subhana Rabbi al-A'la. So the spirit of this action. Another example, just to um, explain the context of some of the things we do in Ramadan, the spirit of fasting, the spirit of our salah, the spirit of the Qur'an, the ruh of the Qur'an, and like that, our charity. When we doing charity and giving, we need two, two or three points just to reflect. I don't want to go into that discussion altogether. But when we do acts of charity, 
Never ever for a moment think that you doing somebody else a favor. Never. Then your So the action is a physical action, it is giving it. But the spirit of it, now you need to reflect and think about all these aspects. You are not doing him a favor by giving him your zakah or giving him your charity. He, the recipient, is doing you a favor because he's giving you the opportunity of earning reward and fulfilling your monetary obligations. Secondly, you give sadaqah, you don't remind the person, I gave you this, now you have to do me something back in return. These are things going to affect the spirit and the ruh of the charities and the sadaqat and the khairat and the zakat that we are doing. So I gave you the example of the taraweeh and the fasting and the charity. Every action like that, we have to sit think, why? What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanting from me in this action? I just have a few minutes and I want to shed some light on few things that I think we have to inshallah work on improving. Right? Firstly, we abstaining from food and we're not eating during the day. Unfortunately, we have a culture that has come in our communities that what happens now, we have like parties at the time of iftar and we spend so much of time in our eating that perhaps, perhaps the amount of food that we end up eating in Ramadan is more than out of the month of Ramadan because what happens, we're making qaza. We never had lunch and the snacks in between. And then at the time of iftar, we are spending so much of time on the dastarkhan eating halim and samosas and the, 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 the tablecloth is so long. And the list that we have in our menus, it actually goes against the grain and against the spirit of fasting. So actually Ramadan was a good time for us to bring simplicity in our eating. There's so much, so much of benefit in fasting, even physical. This morning I was explaining to the children as well. Besides the spiritual and the reward that we get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's great hikmah. People go through this intermittent fasting and this exercise they're doing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us opportunity. Now it goes against the whole aspect if you're going to stay away from eating and drinking the whole day, but you're going to spend so much of time on the dastarkhan eating food that is actually not even good for you. So be very selective and be careful about the food that we eat at the time of iftar. Yes, it's nice to share. It's a, it's a month of shahrul muwasat, uh, it's a month of generosity and sharing. And we know the reward person will give somebody to break at the time of iftar. There's so many rewards, but three, the Prophet said, number one, it is a means of forgiveness for your sins. If I give somebody to break their fast, something to eat or to drink, it's a means of my sins getting forgiven. Number two, it is a means of my freedom from the fire of Jahannam. And number three, I'll get the reward of that person's fast without his reward being decreased. Normally, if that person's reward, you might think, okay, he didn't get the reward, I got the reward. No, he'll get his reward, plus I'll get the reward. So three rewards for giving somebody to break at the time, break his fast. But it is not a license now to become extravagant and waste and to go overboard. Simplicity is part of our deen and Ramadan is a time to bring the simplicity. When we're fasting, it is also an opportunity of sympathizing with the plight of the poor. We, alhamdulillah, we had seri. We're having iftar and the dastarkhan is so long. After tarawih, we're still going to have desserts and milkshake. We're causing harm physically and spiritually. But it's a time also to sympathize with the plight of the poor. We had seri, we're having iftar. Eat alhamdulillah good food, but don't go overboard. 
imagine those people in different parts of the world who don't have food to eat for the entire year. We had a nice seri and we had a nice iftar and we difficult, find it difficult not to eat. No, we just start, uh, whole day we're hungry now. That's the condition the entire lives. Drought, poverty, many, many of people uh, of our brothers and sisters abroad and locally. So Ramadan is a good time for us to sympathize with the plight of those people. Imagine what difficulties they are going through. Oh Allah, I am extremely, extremely grateful. I am thankful for all the bounties that I am enjoying. I never thought about it in that way. I just stayed away from eating and drinking. But this is a training exercise for the fast to get the spirit of fasting in our lives. So with those few words, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the haqiqat, the spirit of fasting. May He make it part and parcel of our lives. May He grant us the spirit the true haqiqat of the taraweeh salah, the sacrifice we are making to perform those 20 rakats, the nur of the salah, the spirit of the Qur'an, the barakat of the Qur'an, may that come into your lives and impact every aspect of our lives. The charities and the sadaqat and the zakat that we are giving. Wallahu fi abdi ma al-abdu fi That's how we begin. I am giving him something. The help of Allah is coming to me. So when I'm giving him, he's doing me a favor because by giving me the opportunity of sharing, the help of Allah is coming to my life. This is the spirit behind every action in the month of Ramadan and throughout our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the haqiqat of fasting. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this Ramadan the best Ramadan of our lives. If you're 60 years old, then you had 60 Ramadans. You could think, hey, before it was a good Ramadan, but every time we make an intention that this Ramadan, we will make it Inshallah, the best, best Ramadan of our lives. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.